It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Thanks for coming in on Monday. JT, hear him. In the beautiful studios, the Lotus. Damon is in today. Bobby is out. We got a big week. It's Patriot Week here. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of angst. There's a lot of Raider fans going to the game. There's a lot of people coming into town. It's a big weekend. When the schedule came out, this was the only primetime game for the Silver and Black at home, and that was ripped from the Raiders' schedule as they were flexed out of it. So it'll be a late window game during the day here. I wish it was going to be in primetime just so everybody could have a primetime game here in Vegas and enjoy a night game. But it's not happening. So if you're coming out to the game, let's hear from you this week. Let us know what you're going to be doing. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun here, at least going into the game. We're going real heavy today on Monday, trying to set the tone. Uh, I've been pretty intense about this game. I think it's a way to judge the franchise respectfully. You can look at this franchise and say, okay, the guys left New England to come here and help take this organization. There's been some bad luck. There's been some really awful Awful losses, collapses with big leads. We know what the message is of the coach and the owner. We get it. We get it. You might not love it, but we get it. Now go win a game because the Raider fans deserve this game. Raider fans don't like the Patriots, and we got Patriot guys now running the organization who are no longer Patriot guys. They're Raiders. They're Raiders. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniel want to win this game desperately. Well, prepare for it. Have a great week of practice and be ready to go. Patriots play tonight. So watch that game on Monday Night Football. It'll be the Patriots and the Cardinals. Then the Patriots will stay. I believe they're coming into Vegas, but they're also working out in Arizona, in Tucson, and then they'll be out here out west, and they're going to give a great effort. We're looking for your key all week long to this victory and what the Raiders need to do. Maui Raider, out of the gate at the top of the hour. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Just a couple of things. Well, actually, one big thing, uh, People calling about the checkdowns with Carr and comments about why he uh, doesn't change the play to line of scrimmage and audible more. The answer was told by McDaniel several weeks ago, actually, in an interview. I thought it was with you, but it must not have been. But he said that his quarterback is to, to play the plays that he sends in, and that's it. And he does not allow the quarterback to vary from that. So you, you said he wouldn't get in trouble if he changed the play. He actually would. That's a direct quote from McDaniel saying that, the quarterback is not allowed to audible. Uh, see, I got I got to find that soundbite because that didn't come from me. The quarterback and the head coach work together. There could every single play. There's an opportunity to check out of the play. Now to check out of a play that isn't one of the three or four called into. That's a good argument to have. I mean, look, he, if he goes to the line into the huddle and there's one play and there's two plays off of that play, if he doesn't like the coverage. Okay, and then if he goes to something completely random, I would get that. But Derek is a nine-year veteran in this league. If he gets to the line of scrimmage and doesn't see a coverage that he likes, he can go to Devontae every time. If it's one of the plays that the coach sent in, but McDaniels made it very clear. If it's okay. not one of those plays, he can't. 
Okay, I need to hear that soundbite because I'm the only guy who interviews him every week, and he didn't tell that to me. And we talk about the play calling, so I appreciate you. I appreciate you bringing that up, and maybe I missed that. He's not going to get in trouble. He's a grown ass man. He's Derek Carr. He's not going to get in trouble. Would the coach be disappointed if he checked out of a play and threw an interception and the coach didn't like the call? Sure, that happens with every coach in the league. But to say he's not allowed, I'll push back on that. He's the quarterback of the team. He's the last man standing when that play comes in. I don't agree with that. And if I miss that, I'll stand corrected there. If there is, if there is a – was Maui Raider suggesting that there was a soundbite that says he would get in trouble? I, I don't recall that at all. 702-365-9200. Jay in Las Vegas. You're up next. Thanks for calling locally. Jay, what's happening? Hey, uh, JT. Hey, Jay. Long-time Raider fan. Uh, that was a heartbreaking loss. Uh, it was. Ram. Mm-hmm. And then watching San Diego win, I looked at the uh, schedules, and we are a third-place team, and that mm-hmm. is what we're going to be next year, which if you look at all the standings, it is going to be a favorable schedule next year. With that in mind, we have nothing to lose. We need to go get some butt-kicking mm-hmm. against these Patriots, revenge against the Steelers, and we just need to put and get our Super Bowl mm-hmm. to Chiefs this year. And just go out every game, and we can go on a fourth down plays and just mm-hmm. have fun, and we have nothing to lose. We're a third-place team. Yeah, I don't think the Super Bowl is the Kansas City game. I, I just push back and say Patriots week. I think this could be – Kind of like a Super Bowl. I don't even want to use that. Let me let me step back. It's not a Super Bowl. You, the only Super Bowl is the one you play in if you play in a Super Bowl. But I think the Raiders really have to get a lot out of this game. I, I am. I, I think this is a great week for the Raiders. I truly do. They are, they are bitten from that loss. They are snake bit from that loss. It hurt. That should require a great week of practice and preparation. Everybody focused. And they get the Patriots on a short week, and it's a rivalry game at home. I mean, what more? What am I forgetting? Am I missing something? Like, why wouldn't this be your favorite game of the year to talk about other than you're pissed off that they're on the way outside of the playoffs and need a miracle to get in? Isn't this the game that when you looked at your schedule this year, most people that I talked to looked at either the Niner game or the Patriot game as the game that they wanted their tickets, ticket request. This was the game they wanted to be a part of. For a lot of reasons. So I'm actually really optimistic. I don't sound like it today, and I apologize for that. It's going to take a couple of days to change the tone of where my head's at after that loss in Los Angeles. But I can't wait for Sunday to be at the Torch on the pregame show. Got a lot of friends in town, a lot of people coming out for this game. It's the holiday season. It's a big game, and I think Raider fans should be optimistic about it and want to win. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black, kind enough to join us. Uh, do you agree with me? A ma- massive game to show where the Raiders are with their roster and their coaches going forward. Absolutely. JT, thanks for having me on today. The Patriots, they've been the standard franchise in the NFL, the one that everybody tries to measure up to because mm-hmm. they won six Super Bowls over the last two decades, and you want to get to where they have been and that level of consistency, and they've been able to do it with a head coach that has been there for the whole ride, that has been there for all that success, and now he's trying to get it with a new quarterback, and he seems to be struggling to do it the same way he did it with Brady, but what is still consistent there is that defense. You know that that defense is way above average and that they're a very good squad that is going to make uh, give you headaches throughout the game, so that's going to be the big challenge for this Raiders squad. See what they can do with their offensive pieces, and look, it's Josh McDaniels, 
the offensive guy versus Bill Belichick, the defensive guy. Harry Ruiz is our guest. Yeah, Harry, so as we take a look at the roster this week, wondering about the status of Waller and Renfro, a couple of guys got banged up on the offensive line in that last game, so all teams are hurting with injuries, no doubt about it. Last night was a mash unit, but the Chargers played really well with a lot of guys not playing in that game, including Derwin James and Bosa, and they won a critical game. So no more injury talk here with me. It's either going to be who's active, who's inactive, and next guy up to play and win this one. Yeah, that's how it is in the NFL. It's next man up. Whoever's available, you got to go out there and you got to produce results. And the Raiders right now, they had been able to do so in the three previous games to that Rams matchup. And they got the results despite not having Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, who are huge pieces in this offense. It's the two leaders in receiving yards in the two previous seasons. Hunter Renfro in 2021, Waller in 2020. And now without them, you still are getting production on the offense in those three games. But now uh, against the, the, the Rams on Thursday, it just seemed like it wasn't there. It seemed like the team was more trying not to lose than to win. And they took the, the foot off the gas and it ended up hurting a lot because now they need a miracle to make it into the playoffs. Harry Ruiz is our guest, the Spanish voice of the silver and black. When you look back at the tape of that Baker Mayfield final drive, you know, there was a horrible play, an unsportsmanlike play. I thought there was holding on Max. But Baker threw some dimes over some good players, including Nate Hobbs, to move the chains there. When you evaluate the Raider defense, they got a lot to prove with the Patriots coming to town and Mac Jones because Baker Mayfield went the length of the field. Absolutely. And look, JT, Baker and the Rams, they were a team that they had nothing to lose, that they were just out there and they were like, hey, you know what? We got a final shot at going 98 yards on the field. Sure. Let's go. Let's try to score. And that big 30 plus yard pass uh, or that got him into enemy territory with a minute left. That was huge. And but that penalty of, of uh, Jerry Tillery mm-hmm. knocking the ball down. That's a mental error. Same thing. You go back to the punt in the previous series where it was a three and out for the defense, but Klee jumped off sides and Sam Webb had a holding. And it's like, the, what, why are you jumping off sides in a punt when you're up by two scores? There's no reason to do so. So it's those mental errors that you got to take care of and that this team has been shooting themselves in the foot. And that's been the story of the season. The Raiders playing against the Raiders, and they need to be better that way and not doing that kind of, those kind of mistakes. And, yeah, Baker Mayfield, he wasn't scared. He went out there and he was like, hey, you know what, if we lose, I just got here 48 hours ago. No big deal. If I win, I'm going to be the hero. It's going to be the Hollywood story that everybody's going to be talking about for the weekend until the Sunday games. And it ended up being on the wrong side for the Raiders. Harry Ruiz is our guest. So Vic Tafer tweeted two days ago, John Simpson being released means there's only one player left from the 2020 draft class, Amik Robertson. That means Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, Lynn Bowden, Brian Edwards, Tanner Muse, and Simpson we're all released or traded. I mean, that tells you a lot about what's happened around here. And again, the men before, the Gruden Mayock, did the best. Uh, they could not recruit due, due to COVID. They didn't have a lot of the one-on-ones, and they missed on a lot of these players here. And this is kind of what Dave Ziegler's got to clean up going forward. He's got to get players who aren't going to be released a year or two and are going to play at a high level. That doesn't include Leatherwood and a class after that and all of that. So I think the poor drafting is evident with some of the holes that they have on this team, that will be a priority to improve on in the offseason. 
Yeah, and the thing you forgot to say, JT Amik, he was the final draft pick for the Raiders mm-hmm. in that 2020 NFL draft. And the six previous guys, two were first-rounders, three were third-rounders, and John Simpson was a fourth-rounder. So that was draft capital in prime position in the NFL draft that the Raiders weren't able to take advantage of. And now this is a huge challenge for the new regime. They got their draft capital, including first and second rounds for this 2023 NFL draft. Let's see what they can do. I trust that what they're doing right now, that what people can and can't see is on the right direction. And now you got to give this uh, regime the right, the chance to be able to bring in their guys from top to bottom and keep the guys that they want to have in the building as well. Harry, it's going to be interesting with Josh Jacobs and the pinky. We'll wait for the injury report. But when I look at the rushing leaders, he's got a nice lead. He's got 1,402 yards. Derrick Henry, 1,199. So basically a 200-yard lead on Derrick Henry with four games to go. Now, it's easy to do the math if he gets 200 yards a game, which I don't think he's going to. But if Josh could get from 130 to 150 yards a game, not only will he lead the league in rushing, he'll keep Derrick Henry at bay. Derrick Henry doesn't have the skill set anymore, the ability to have multiple 200-yard games, I think, catch Josh unless Josh can't play and the injury's too big or he's too bait up. So I think this is important to get him the rushing record this year. He's had that brilliant of a year. I'm rooting hard for him. Yeah, the rushing title would be great, JT, but I'm also keeping an eye on uh, Marcus Allen with the record, yeah, the Raider record in a single season, 1985, 1,759 yards. Josh is 357 yards away with four games left. I have a feeling that it might mean even more for him if he's able to get to that Marcus Allen number in three games mm-hmm. because that, then he would be able to match it in the same number of games that Marcus Allen played in 85 with 16. But Josh, he has an extra game, so that means that if he runs for 90 yards, the rest of the way, he's going to be able to break the single-season record for the Raiders in rushing-wise. But, yeah, Josh Jacobs, he's in another level right now. Now we got to see. They risked him a little bit too much, maybe, on Thursday when he was hurt. But, Josh, he's a guy that he doesn't want to leave the field. You know, I was looking at Max Crosby. He's fifth in the league with sacks with 11 and a half. The guys in front of him, Micah Parson, making a run. Parsons for the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Miles Garrett's got 12. Uh, Nick Bosa leads the NFL with 14 and a half sacks, but who's number two? Matthew Judon of New England, who's coming to town with 13. He's got a, a sack and a half more than Max. Raiders are going to have to do a hell of a job containing him because he's having an all-pro year. Yeah, and the Raiders offensive line, they've done a pretty good job these last four games uh, avoiding sacks from Derek Carr. Obviously, there was pressure, but there's been no sacks. The last two games, one sack the two previous games. So it's like they've been able to get it a little bit together despite the injuries that Alex Farris held and, and Jermaine Lemonor both in the Rams game. If you can find a way to limit Matthew Judon, who's a beast, who midway through the season, a lot of folks were thinking he was going to be able to break the single season record, but he cooled down over the last couple of games. But he's still a threat. He's still a guy that you got to plan for, and you got to be able to you got to be able to know where he's at at all times. Last two games, no sacks, but in the previous two games, he had four and a half. So he's a, he's a menace. He's a threat mm-hmm. for sure. Harry Ruiz, Harry, last one. I'm sure I'll see you at the Bolitnikoff Crab Feed, one of my favorite events a year. I MC the golf tournament. Lincoln's got this one, and it's it's fun. I always say this about the event. Raiders of the Raiders host some 
epic events. But this is Fred Bolitnikoff and Angela's event. Proceeds go to Tracy's Place of Hope. Uh, Fred's daughter, Tracy, was tragically murdered. And they raised money. And you could feel it in the room during the auction and the live auction and what happens in the silent auction. And it really is one of the best events all year long because people have fun. They really enjoy this event because they love Freddie and Angela and what they bring to the community. So I know you do some red carpet, you get some interviews, and you get an opportunity to sit down with Freddie and Angela. Tell us about that. Yeah, no, it's definitely, since I got invited for the first time by Angela and Fred last year, it's something that I'm like, hey, whatever I can do to support the event, count me in. And if it's going out there and doing red carpet interviews, if it's promoting it on the radio. It's something that the money is going to a great place, a great charity, and a great cause. And for Raider fans, if you still don't have tickets, I would tell you, for the people that you get an opportunity to meet and the cause that it's going, you should absolutely go and get grab a couple of tickets, Take your, you go yourself and your significant other, take them too, and enjoy a great night. You're going to meet a lot of legends, a lot of folks that are involved in the NFL, and you're going to be helping a great cause. And I, I can't stress enough how important it is to support the Craft Fest, to support the Hall of Fame Golf Invitational. And folks, Beletnikov, go, go to their website and Beletnikov.org and buy your tickets now. Nice job, Harry. I'll see you out there. I'll see you before that during the week. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks for joining us. Gracias, Juan. Saludos. Take care of you and Demon out there. Thank you, my friend. Good to see Harry Ruiz in here. Big part of the Raider community is a play-by-play voice. Provides a lot of content at Raiders.com. Part of the family here. And always in for me, especially when the season ends, I go see my dad and my mom in their mid-80s. Got to get some time in with him, and you'll hear Harry sit in the seat when I'm gone. Always appreciate Harry doing what he does best. He is a teammate here on Raider Nation Radio. For Fred and Angela having this event on Friday with all the Hall of Famers who come, uh, the players, the coaches, whoever's there, it's always just a nice event. It's at Paris. They do a nice job in the ballroom there, and it's just a fun time for the Raider Nation to get together. So if you already have tickets, great. If you just want to make a donation, all week long you're going to be hearing me talk about two things. First, the silent auction for the Bolitnikoff event. I'll have the details on that tomorrow, and if you go to bolitnikoff.org, or you follow the Bolitnikoffs on Facebook on their public page, you can make a donation. So maybe you want to, maybe you want to bid on a Max Crosby jersey or a helmet. You can do that. You don't have to be there. You can bid on the silent auction, and that would mean a lot to us. And then Friday, coming up here, Modelo is sponsoring my live show at Red Tail coming up this Friday. So it's a, a live broadcast from noon to two, presented by Modelo. You'll enjoy Modelo specials and drinks at Red Tail at Resorts World. Redtail is a social interactive gaming lounge with sports betting on site. And Redtail is the spot to pregame for Zook Nightclub. Then you get to skip the line to enter the club. See you at Redtail on Friday, December 16th from noon to 2 for a special live broadcast sponsored by Modelo, the official cerveza of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with a fighting spirit. Looking forward to that. And uh, that'll be the night of the Crab Fest for the Bolitnikov. So, We'll be there about 11 in the morning setting up for that remote. Maybe head over to 8 Cigar Lounge after the remote for a quick cigar and then head on over to the Bolitnikov. So it's going to be a good weekend. A lot of people in town for the Patriots. Tom Curran will join us later in the week. Andy Gresh normally joins me. All Patriot insiders and a couple of national insiders to preview this game. We'll go around the league and talk about a couple of games that went down yesterday, make or break games. 
Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the Botanist Gin, the number one fastest growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gin. Welcome back. I want to recap some of the Sunday games here and talk about what I thought was some of the biggest moments. No doubt about it, you know, the Niners were in a big spot. Niners were in a big spot because Tom Brady was coming to town. Everybody was talking about him coming home. Look, he had a great youth growing up as a Niner fan, going to Candlestick Park. Not Santa Clara, okay, but being from the Bay Area, it was a significant moment for him to come back and probably win and keep this team going. They want to make it to the playoffs. He had one of the greatest comebacks of his entire career ever, the greatest regular season comeback that he was bouncing back from. He wanted to keep the momentum, but it was all 49ers. They were incredible the way they won that game. Christian McCaffrey puts it away. Kittle motions to the right of Purdy in the backfield. Ayuk slotted inside of McCaffrey left. Jennings and uh, Ray Ray are right. Purdy going to throw for the end zone for McCaffrey. Makes the catch for a touchdown. Yeah, that was huge. Obviously, Niners radio on the call. They just poured it on. They poured it on. And I would have been disgusted if I was a Tampa Bay fan knowing that Brady was still in the game in the second half. How in God's name was Brady in that game starting the fourth quarter? Down that big, no intention of winning the game. And Brady was in harm's way with that defense and pass rush. I thought that Todd Bowles was pathetic in that situation. You get Brady out of the game and you protect him. He's 45 years old. You're trying to win the division. You save him for another day. And for Tom Brady to be in that game late, I found that revolting. They should have pulled him out of the game because he's the GOAT. And not only was he being embarrassed, he could have got hurt and they left him in the game. Now the key is Brock Purdy. The way he was able to play with his skill set, I thought he played really well. And Kyle Shanahan pointed that out. He was very composed in a big spot under a lot of pressure. Definitely. I mean, it was the week before, too. And um, with Brock's skill set and what he does, I mean, don't have a ton of design quarterback runs and stuff, but um, maybe we need to. He moved pretty well today. Yeah, he moved well. He did well. I thought he played at a very high level. And now that changes the conversation. And that's what happens in sports. You evolve. I saw the guy play his first game as Garoppolo got hurt. I said, no way, this guy's going to win playoff games. He's Mr. Irrelevant. Well, he looked good in his first game. He looked better in his second game. That's really important. So he's making the progressions there. Will he continue to do it? Here's Brock Purdy after that performance with all the prep that he put into that game and beat the GOAT. To have a plan going into the game of what we're going to do, that helped a lot. Where last week it was, you know, when Jimmy was in, we didn't think Miami was going to heat him up as much. Once I got in, it totally changed. So we were sort of on the sideline like, you know, we got to adjust. And so having a plan helped out a lot. Um, The week of preparation was great. So that's sort of just how we went about that. Yeah, they did a nice job. Here's Tom Brady after the loss. I mean, he said the same thing this year. It's almost a broken record as he continues to point to himself and his team for not playing well. I think everyone's just got to, you know, it's easy to say, you know, we just got to, everyone's got to play better, but, you know, we're just not playing. We just have not played consistently well very often. We haven't played it for four quarters. Maybe we've played it a little bit uh, at times, uh, not today at all, but some games we play well for five minutes and don't play well for 55 minutes. You know, some games we played pretty well for a half. You know, we just have not played consistently well for, for a game. Imagine what Brady's been through this year with the cryptocurrency. He got divorced during the season. Most guys get divorced in the offseason. They don't get divorced during the season. He got divorced to Giselle Bunchen, the most famous swimsuit model in the world, one of the most expensive models to ever 
be in that possession, and they were able to get divorced in season, that had to be hard on him and his preparation and his kids and everything else that's going on in his life. Here's Brady. You can tell the frustration because he really wanted this to be special with his family in town. He had over 100 tickets at Levi Stadium, and they didn't show up. You know, look, that's with NFL. You play a really tough game. You play a tough team on the road. They're physical. They're tough. They kicked our ass. It's the reality of this sport. And every time you take the field, you have the opportunity to get your ass kicked or to kick ass. And obviously, we're on the wrong end of it today. I thought that Sunday night football was pretty entertaining. I wanted the Chargers to lose. Uh, The Dolphins, if they win the game, they go. But the Dolphins don't look right. And the Chargers continue to win these bizarre games. Austin Eckler, they go for it again. This team always goes for it on fourth down. They'll go for it on fourth down on their own side of the ball. When they're on the one-yard line, you knew this was coming. Takes the snap, hands to Eckler. Eckler into the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. Yeah, that was a good play. That was a strong play, Chargers Radio. After the game, Justin Herbert threw a lot of passes. He's been banged up this year. I thought he's better than Tua. He's clearly better than Tua. Justin Herbert is elite. He's not good. He's elite. And he outplayed the quarterback that was taken in front of him, and he used his arm in a lot of big clutch situations. Uh, it feels good. We, we, we've done a good job of taking care of it, of, of icing it, treatment, um, doing everything we can to, to be able to handle that type of workload. Uh, he's a good quarterback. He's going to win a lot of games here. Here's a Patrick Mahomes touchdown. Also from Sunday, what he was able to do, just impressive. These games are important. The Broncos made a spirited comeback, but Mahomes and the Chiefs always had this game under control. Mahomes being pressured, moves to his right. They're coming from behind him. Now flings it, slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Batman loves this stadium! It was an underhanded shovel at the right boundary for a 56-yard touchdown. They were all over him, and he just slings it under his hip to McKinnon for a 56-yard touchdown. Yeah, that's a great call there on Chiefs Radio. And I want to mention Cincinnati also. Another team I'm keeping an eye on the, in the AFC playoff predictions and what they're going to do. Uh, this team is excellent now. They get off to a slow start this year. And the Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl last year, as we all know, Cincinnati was magnificent in this game. They had a win. They were all business. Uh, they play a team they're supposed to beat, but you never know. You know, the Browns and Deshaun Watson eventually are going to get it right. This pretty much finishes off the Browns and their dreams of any type of comeback. Watson threw for 276 yards, but it was Burrow, Mixon, and Jamar Chase, the wide receiver, another big one. This touchdown on 10 receptions and 119 yards. Burrow extends the hands, catches a high snap from the pocket, throws for the end zone. Chase has it. Touchdown! Bengals as Chase does the gritty on the back line of the end zone. And the Bengals score first. Bengals radio. So other significant victories with the Panthers over the Seahawks as the Panthers are still alive. You know, the Panthers are one in five on the road. One in five on the road. They're now five and eight, and they trail the Bucks by one game for the division. And they're one in five on the road, and their win was against the Seahawks. That was a pretty big deal. The Ravens won a just ugly game as they knocked Kenny Pickett out of that game, and the backup quarterback for the Ravens was knocked out of that game. Ravens hold on 16-14. They're 9-4 and four on the year now, 5-2 and two on the road. And the Jaguars, incredible win over the Titans. The, the Titans, these are self-inflicted wounds. 
why did the Titans fire their GM? Why did they fire the GM as they were in first place in the division in cruise control? Why There should be an investigation on that. The Titans were doing great things, and all of a sudden, the ownership wants to fire the GM, and now they've lost a bunch of games in a row, and the Jaguars beat them 36-22. to The Lions are back. The Lions are back. I repeat, the Lions are back. Six and seven now, four and four at home. Their win over the Vikings was tremendous. Put them away 34 to 23. I thought the Texans were gutless down the stretch in that game. They should have been able to beat the Cowboys. Ten unanswered for the Cowboys in the fourth quarter, and they dodged a big one. Texans outplayed them for three and a half quarters. How is Lovey Smith still the coach of that team? The team is now 111 and one, and they had the Cowboys dead to rights. And the Bills in that snow in Orchard Park and the cold, man, it gets cold in Kansas City. We all know that. But Buffalo, it gets really cold in the winter. And Buffalo at 10-3 and three over the Jets still have the tiebreaker over Kansas City as they won 20-12. to 12. And as you know, the week started off on Thursday, who can forget, with Baker Mayfield and that victory over the Raiders 17-16 to 16, as I was at SoFi Stadium. And it took me all weekend long all weekend long to get over that gut punch. Dead serious, all weekend long, Baker Mayfield. This guy, Baker Mayfield, was in my nightmares as he won that game. It was absolutely incredible there. So that's the week of football. And as you know, we, get look, at the, we look at the schedule going forward. Everybody is wondering where they stand on the schedule. How many games in a row they got to win? I just say take it one game at a time. If you're either into the playoffs, you know you're in the playoffs already. If you're not in the playoffs yet, you better think one game, one game at a time, and you better play with pride and poise going forward. It's all about playing with intensity, pride, poise, the will to win. You've heard all those Raiders. They're not cliches. It's the basis of the organization. Play big. This team's now had extra days off as New England's playing tonight. If New England loses this game, the Raiders can put the dagger in New England season on Sunday. If New England wins tonight which I think you know they have more to play for than Arizona. I've been watching Hard Knocks and really enjoying the Hard Knocks with Arizona. They've been snake bit too. They've had a lot of games. I mean, Justin Herbert went for two and beat them on the last play. And they, they've had some heartbreaking losses too. But Arizona also beat the Raiders earlier in the year on one of the craziest comebacks I've ever seen. Robert in Portland on the Raiders mobile app. What's happening, Robert? Not much. Hey, JT, I felt for you last Thursday. I really did. Anyway, uh, a little history lesson. The last time uh, Belichick lost to the Raiders was after they, uh, you know, were given uh, that game against the Raiders in the playoff, of course, that you referenced. But they did beat them in 0-2. Mm-hmm. But the last 20 years, they haven't been able to beat uh, Belichick at all. Cars never beat them, not even come close. And also, when, she, when um, McDaniels was coaching the Denver, he did beat Bill Belichick in his first year, mm-hmm. twenty to seventeen, and that was interesting to me. So I, I, I'm glad you're bringing up the New England factor this week with all the you know bad news that's going on with the Raiders right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good game for them to at least try to you know salvage. And I, I think she, I think I think McDaniel's really wants to beat his mentor, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, I think Dave Ziegler's got a lot of friends in that organization. Appreciate you. They all want to win. Everybody wants to beat the Patriots. The Patriots are supposed to bring out the best in everyone. They won six Super Bowls. Josh McDaniels got all six Super Bowl rings. Josh McDaniels played a major role in all that success. He didn't hold Tom Brady's bucket of water. 
McDaniels called every play. He, he schemed with Brady every practice. They sat in a room every day in the quarterback room. They ran plays to Gronk, running plays, third down and short. A lot of quarterback sneaks. A lot of stuff that Josh McDaniels had a big role. You still see this today. Someone brought this up to me from the Raiders the other day. You ever see when Brady goes and looks at the plays he has on his arm? The plays are there, and he has to look at the plays. Those are all Josh McDaniels' plays. He's with the Patriots, winning Super Bowls. I said this before Josh McDaniels, when, when he got the job, I said, think of all the extra days of work that Josh McDaniels put in compared to all the other coaches who were eliminated four weeks before him. Think about a coach who's an offensive coordinator or a head coach gets eliminated on New Year's Day, and Josh McDaniels is coaching for four more weeks, a month. That means seven days a week, meetings until one in the morning, practices in the cold with snow jackets on, all of that extra work compiled over his entire career in New England. I mean, lapping people, lapping coaches in time working and getting paid in the postseason. All those postseason checks, all those added games and victories. Well, that's supposed to matter here. And I think it does. I think he's a good play caller. Obviously, as a head coach, he needs to win more. But he's thoroughly prepared. And this year, these losses with these massive victories uh, that, that were in their hands, that what they found a way to lose, are very uncharacteristic of anybody from the Patriots. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he didn't coach well in some of the games. The quarterback didn't play great. Injuries. They couldn't play with the lead. There are so many ways to look back on this year. I just want to wait till the end of the year to look back on it. I want to get ready for the Patriots. Hey, when we come back, Shannon Sharp was so offended by Skip Bayless today. And normally I don't play anything Skip Bayless related. Early in my career, I used to interview him. Then he changed. He became an actor. Like Screen Actors Guild, he's an actor. He's a phony. It's all fake. None of it's real. It's all pretend. Now, Stephen A is my friend, and it's not pretend. That's who Stephen A is. But he's also a character who talks and raises his voice. What Skip Bayless did today to Shannon Sharp was so pathetic. We're going to play that when we come back, and you get a chance to hear that. You probably saw it. It's trending all over the place. I can't believe he did it. And it wasn't an act. He's an actor, but he was so mean to his co-host, which he doesn't consider him a co-host, doesn't consider him a partner. He looks down on Shannon Sharp, who I like a lot. You got to hear this audio. We'll play it coming out next. 702-365-9200. We're brought to you by the 872 laborers led by Tommy White. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. Welcome back, JT, with you as we wrap it up here in a moment. Michael E. Minden is our personal jewelers here, mine, for years. I've been dealing with Michael E. Minden in the Fashion Show Mall. So if you're looking to get a diamond ring, you're looking forward to some jewelry for a significant other over the holidays, uh, Minden Jewelers, Michael E. Minden, the place to shop. Always great deals. Go to the Fashion Show Mall. Find it. You'll love it. You'll get a good deal. Mention this show, the hookup with Raider Nation Radio, and it's time. It's time that time of year. I'm always thinking about it. You're thinking about it. For your daughter, your son, your wife, your uncle, your aunt, your significant others, Michael E. Minden, my personal jewelers here, and they are ready for you for the holiday season. I want to get to the Shannon Sharp. 
Skip Bayless screaming match today because Skip is an actor. He's a pretend actor. He's making an enormous amount of money for a show that a lot of people don't watch, which is great if you can do it, man. I mean, I've been able to fool people my whole life and overnights over the years and that. If you can make a lot of money and you think a lot of people are listening, it's great. But Skip, I mean, they have an audience and he gets paid probably more than anyone with the show that has that type of audience because he's an actor. And he went after his co-host today, Shannon Sharp, because Skip was talking about Tom Brady. He was pretending that he's a Tom Brady fan. And all Shannon was doing as the Hall of Fame was calling out Tom Brady a bit for the slippage of play. Playing at a high level at 45 when you had to stop at 35. Yeah, that's what you that's do. That's the point. That's what you do. Every time somebody, every time I call something into question, I'm jealous. No. Yeah, I did well, what I did. I never did. said you were jealous of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I did what I did. You make it seem like I was a bum. I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. Okay, I so got what? three Super Bowls. So what? So what? He's way better than you were. I'm better way than you. Better. Yeah, I got to see what you do. You take personal shots. No, when you I, don't, I don't take yeah. personal oh, shots. Time you time time started it. Time out. You would take a personal shot at me. I didn't so take a personal shot at you. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? You would take a personal shot. Put your glasses back on. Can I finish? You're willing to take a personal shot at me to say this man is better than me because I say he's playing bad this year? Well, because you 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 just Go ahead. you disrespect him. It's it's just so. It so you would just you know what? It's beneath your you dignity. You would disrespect me to no. support him. No, well, I'll, I'll support him over anybody because he's the greatest player who ever have played your it. game, and it's by have far. At it. Have it. Okay, take off, bro. I'm going to have at it because I'm going to have at you. All right, so that was earlier today, which was pretty amazing to think about it. I don't watch it, but I saw it trending on Twitter. And I clipped it and sent it to DeMond. I said, we got to play this. Got to play this. And it's all acting. How have we evolved when it comes to sports media? Some of the worst content in the history of sports media is now trending in our lives, during our lives. Now, I don't care how old you are. This isn't boomer. Get off my lawn. We just got more channels. We have more choices, more podcasts. Uh, Not as many radio shows as you would think that, that we did 20 years ago. But we have now some of the worst content that is brought up to be entertaining and comedy and non-factual and skips the king of it, man. He makes like six, seven million a year for doing that. Can you imagine getting paid that amount of money at his age to sit there and be an actor and to make your partner look that bad and really mean it? They were going at it today. So that was interesting content we wanted to play for you. All right, let's uh, take your calls on the way out. 702-365-9200. I believe it's... Mr. Black is in Hawaii. Thanks for calling, man. What's happening? Aloha, JT. Aloha. Yeah, you know, I don't watch that show either. It's just nerve-wracking. But uh, I sure hope Waller and Renfro are playing this coming game against the Patriots. Uh, uh, If we can get both of them out on the field, I, I, I don't see why Carr can't hit. If you have both those guys out there, come on. Uh, Devontae Adams should be wide open. I want to see him, you know, thrown 15 times, 170 yards, three touchdowns. There's no reason we can't accomplish that once we get Waller and Renfro back out on the field. Yeah, and, let, me, uh, let me just stop you for a second because I want to hear what you have to say on that, too. When it's changed, and i got to look at the Patriots personnel closer, and we got a couple of guests coming up. I've never seen a bigger mismatch in my career working for the Raiders than Devontae in those dual practices against the Patriots. It was laughable what Devontae was doing to them. Now, again, there might be a player there I'm not familiar with. I'm doing the research this week. But after what I saw in Henderson, Nevada, and in that preseason, Devontae didn't play in that game. 
you would think Devontae's going to have a field day attacking I would, I the Patriots so secondary, too. you would hope. And real quick, on a separate note, uh, I dig how you still use the old Sam Spence uh, NFL uh, music, you know. Oh, good. That's the guy that The guy that did over 300 songs, you know, for the NFL. Mm-hmm. All that music's classic, and I dig that you still use that. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling in from Hawaii. Always appreciate you checking in. Yeah, we use a lot of different sound here. Demond's been on the board today. We appreciate that. Hopefully, Bobby will be back here soon, and we got a lot more to cover this week as we preview the Patriots and what's at stake here. What if the Raiders win out? What if the, You notice I didn't mention the P word. I didn't say playoffs. But what happens if the Raiders win out? Well, here's the key. If they win out, they have an above 500 season. And they've never been below 500 in Raider history in Vegas. They were 8-8 eight and eight and 10-7. and seven. That's what all I'd be playing for now. I'd be playing to look Mark Davis in the face and say, we did not make the playoffs, or maybe we did. There was a miracle. But we played the final four games under this regime the way that they played last year under Rich Passaccia. Remember that? They needed to win four in a row. And they did and how they were able to do it. Renfro and Indy. Josh Jacobs, the player Derek Carr in Cleveland. Those are some really ugly games, but the Raiders found a way to win. And a lot of the procrastinators and people who didn't think it would happen again, a lot of the people in sports gambling said, well, that can't happen again. Raiders won all these overtime games in their last four. I'm going to bet against them this year and say they're going to go under the number. And those gamblers were right. They didn't think the Raiders could sustain that, especially with the new regime coming in with new plays, a new playbook, and a new grading system and all of that. So I wanted to wrap up the show by saying something before Q comes on. I think it's very important for the image of this team this week to be great. I think they are great when I'm in the building. I think everybody on the staff, everybody works hard. Uh, This weekend I spent some time with Rob Ryan, who's on this defensive staff. I had a really deep conversation with him about the team, where the team's at, all private conversation, me and him about where his career was at, his dad, the great buddy Ryan, uh, how he came up this tree with Josh McDaniels. Very encouraging. It really opened my mind to what they're trying to do here. So I think this week they have to have a really professional week of being a winning franchise. Even though the record this year isn't a winning franchise, everybody who works for this organization is expected to be great. A commitment to excellence. Well, this week that locker room better be at its best. And as I started the show, I'll say it again. If you're able to play injured, if you're able to play not at 100%, you better play this game. You better prove to Mark Davis and this organization that you're willing to go to work making millions of dollars of his money, Mark Davis's money, if you're going to cash those checks and you can play. If you can't play, no need to. I'll never ever once in my career said that anybody who's hurt and really injured needs to play. But if you're able to go and you can give it a go, you better do it against the Patriots. Because in my opinion, it would be shameful not to play against the Patriots. You know the GM and the head coach came from the Patriots. You know a lot of the scouts and the coaches came from where? The Patriots. You owe it to the coaches, and the coaches owe it to the players to be at their best and try to beat this franchise that's coming to Vegas. Hot ticket in sports. Really hot ticket. Check out the Monday night game. There's World Cup tomorrow. Uh, Praying for Mike Leach, the head coach at Mississippi State. Praying for him. He is not in a good situation. And also, I wanted to end the show by mentioning Grant Wall, who I've interviewed a dozen times in my career, the soccer journalist who died in Qatar. That There needs to be a formal investigation. His body's coming home, whatever happened there. 
And the fact that he died suddenly was really a pain to my to my spirit over the weekend. I didn't know him well personally as a friend, but I've interviewed him a lot, and that really hurt. And I hope that uh, Paul Silas passed away, another great coach in the NBA. There's been a lot happening here over the last couple of days. So it's not the end of the world what happens on a third down, but I'm praying for a lot of people now, especially Mike Leach and what he's going through. Thanks for the whole team again today. Q is joining us next. Hopefully Bobby's feeling better. We'll get him back here soon. Uh, Tomorrow, Raiders Roundtable. So the podcast, and we're real excited about Q, along with Lincoln Kennedy and myself. Uh, We'll record that tomorrow morning. It'll drop in the afternoon. And please sign up for that at YouTube and get an alert on that. Thanks to all of our proud partners. Remember, Friday, if you can make it out to see me Friday, I'd really appreciate it. Noon to 2, we're at Red Tail at Resorts World. Free parking. Free parking at Resorts World. You know how to get there. Just go to the free parking lot. Come right down. Go to Red Tail and hang out with us from noon to 2. Have a couple of Modellos with me. Maybe a Remy Martin cocktail. And hang out at Resorts World. Have a great day, everybody.